Welcome to the Millionaire Secrets Podcast, where the most successful people in the world share their secrets to help you create the awesome life you desire. Welcome friends and family out there to another episode of Millionaire Secrets. Excited to be back with you for another amazing conversation. I am uh, blessed once again. I swear I have the greatest job in the world. I get to talk to cool people and like call it work. And uh, <laughs> no doubt that's what's about to happen. I'm here with my friend Walt Bayless, who I actually met. Uh, a lot of times I'm meeting someone for the first time when, when we have these conversations, but we met several months ago. Seems like a lifetime ago because it was in the shortly before COVID blew up the whole world uh, era, uh, March of 2020, if you're not to date stamp this episode. But um, Walt, I, I had a great conversation with you then and I'm excited to have another one with, with you now. Welcome to Millionaire Secrets. Hey, bud. Thanks so much. It's great to be on the show. And man, what an amazing time it has been since that, that show. I mean, like we, we, we got really well. Like, you know what? A flying home from that event was when the whole COVID thing was kicking in and I was yeah. worried about getting back into the country. Little did we know then, like that had been, there was what, 100 cases or 800 cases or something, you know, outside of China. And that was, and I was worried then, you know, right, right. and now as we're recording this millions of people and, and obviously it's affected everybody's lives, but wow, it's been, it's been like we've lived a lifetime since that, <laughs> since that catch up. I know. It's so crazy how the, the, the effects that world circumstances have on our mind and the way we perceive time. And I, I just have to say, I mean, none of this is scripted. I have no idea if this is going to be a good direction going or not, but I was doing a conversation earlier. I had another guest on Millionaire Secrets and I guess cats out of the bag. We record multiple episodes in a day sometimes. <gasps> Shocking. <laughs> You're actually prepared. My yeah, God. It's man. not all live. For, just for <laughs> um, but yeah, I had a guy on and we were talking about, and he's, his name's Kent Clothier. He has a show, a, a podcast called The Time Is Now. We were talking about time. It was all about time and the way entrepreneurs treat time. And it, one of the sort of subtexts of what we were talking about is not everyone perceives time the same way. Mm. And even we don't perceive, this is what I'm, why I'm saying this, because what if COVID's taught me anything, it's that even we don't perceive time individually at the same time in our lives depending yeah, on what's true. going on around us, right? Yeah, absolutely. There's some, sometimes it, time just flies by, yet now every month seems like a year. Yeah, right, exactly. And, <laughs> and, and uh, you know, for you and I, Jeff, like we have the opportunity where uh, we have that great, you know, positive mental attitude. We have that ability to create futures for ourselves. And, you know, that's what we're doing here on the Millionaire Secret Show. Like that's what we, we have. And, and even, even though we're in that positive space, that impact of that lockdown and that, you know, you, you, you can't have the freedoms that you're used to and, you know, people are really struggling, whatever. That's affected us. Imagine how that's gone outside of that circle where I, I always talk about people that, that uh, like my big message is I want to help people wake up yeah. to the opportunity that they have. That's my big thing. Like don't go through life in drone mode. Like let's wake up and do something tomorrow that changes. <laughs> um, but imagine like the impact that those restrictions have had on, on, on people who are just living a normal everyday life, happy in the fact that they're going to work, supplying their kids, doing all that kind of stuff. And, and suddenly this is just crunch time. Like, yeah, I know exactly what you mean, man. The time impact has been just stupid. Yeah, you, you make a really good point. I, I, and I've thought this, I've, I think it all the time, but I, I, there's, some, there's like levels of ownership and thought. And like, I, I think I need to really own how absolutely bizarre most people's reality is right now. Because <laughs> yeah. for me, 
literally like my day-to-day life, nothing has changed. Yeah. Mine's the same. I worked from home before. Well, and I have a little office here that I go to just because there's always kids in my house and I can get more work done. But I mean, my, my work situation hasn't changed. Frankly, the only thing that's happened is my business is growing probably even a little faster than it would have otherwise because there's more people consuming internet content. But to realize how weird that actually makes me in the current world, that, and, and maybe you're, are you like that too? I mean, has your life yeah. not been disrupted that much? Look, we're exactly the same. And uh, <laughs> so we're the we're weirdos the now. We're the we're, ones yeah. that don't understand everybody else's reality. Yeah, like we're, we're the weirdos going, what do you mean you've watched 16, ep- like 16 series on Netflix? Like, <laughs> surely you had work to do. And they're like, no, we've just like been bombing out. Man, I just, yeah, it is weird. Yeah, it's, it's so strange. And, you know, I, well, I mean, not to, we don't have to, you know, we're not going to spend an hour talking about COVID because frankly, I mean, you and I are- Yeah, we everybody to tune off. Like, well, I know, and we're, all, we're both marketers. We're always thinking- you know, future proofing and, and, you know, value of the currency and the asset. And what are we creating here? We don't want two years from now, somebody to be like, well, that's a useless thing to listen to. Cause yeah, yeah, absolutely. absolutely you know, yeah. but, but I think in general, there's been this, this is, this is the timeless lesson. I think from this time that we're in is suddenly everybody has a lot more time, hmm. but most people have more time, more discretionary time than they did before. Right. Yep whether it's students, employees, now they're home, they don't have commutes, they have more, more flexibility. And I think for those of us that are entrepreneurs, this is kind of what I was talking to Ken about, we're already obsessed with optimum utilization of our time. Absolutely. So whether we have more time or we have less time, our approach to time doesn't really change. Yeah. But for people that maybe are not like fanatical about time, because frankly, their, their fundamental economic precept of their life is I have a certain amount of time that I get paid for and I'm going to trade that time regardless. And the other time I don't. So it's, it's more just like fun and carefree. If that's your base, then suddenly when you have a lot more time, it can be very, probably very disorienting Yeah. because you haven't already conditioned yourself to be like this expandable, collapsible utilizer of whatever time there is where you're not, your approach isn't going to change regardless of how much time there is. Yeah, true. Right. You know, I, I read somewhere that Jeff Bezos uh, is, is so busy that he tries to optimize his toothbrushing time. Like, you know, that's to the other end of that scale, but on that side, I love that by the way, I think that sounds amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, trying to, trying to multitask it. Um, Do you know what though, Jeff, like that brings me to an interesting thing. I was talking to somebody yesterday face-to-face, which happens rarely these days. Um, and they were talking about the fact that that exact same phenomenon, and, and again, let's keep this as a real lesson, the exact same thing uh, of people suddenly going, I have all this time now, has actually created a lot of mental struggles, mm-hmm. like mental health struggles, where people are actually questioning their own intrinsic value. And I think that's a massive lesson and something that we can talk about because um, and this person was connected to the health industry and was actually saying that the suicide rate in the last, let's, you know, three months, again, let's not timestamp, yeah. but the suicide rate has gone through the roof because people are now questioning their own uh, intrinsic value. What's my purpose? What am I doing here on the planet? And so many of us, and I'll, I'll put myself in the same boundary, so many of us as in, within the human race, um, define our value by the work we do. And, and that's, that's incorrect. That's, that's not a, a, a smart way of thinking. 
Because if we took your job away, you still have so much to you. You still have everything that you are, right? But the trouble is that people now are going, well, what now? Like, why am I doing this? What's, mm-hmm. what's going on? And that's causing a massive spike in mental health. So like, if we're going to segue, let's, let's get into some really cool stuff. But if we're going to segue, let's segue on this. Like, I truly believe that your internal intrinsic value is so massive. And I describe it like this. If you, if you have an apple and you cut that apple into, into segments, right? And now you take one segment away from that apple, that apple is no longer whole. It's incomplete. And if we collectively are all part of the same race, the same humanity, if we take your segment out, we're not complete. We need you. And this is a message for anybody that's listening, watching the show. We need you. As a collective, as a community, we need you as you to complete who we are. So please understand from my heart to yours that there is value in you, regardless of what's happening around you. Like that's, a big lesson I want to put forward. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I love that. And definitely it, the, world, the world needs to hear that and it needs to feel that and right now especially. And yeah, it's, it's interesting to think if, if, if a forced change in the way people are able to use their time so fundamentally disorients and disrupts someone Mm. What is it that they were actually doing with their time? Absolutely. That's the drone right? escaping, medicating. And now we took, their, we took their, their, their escape away or we took their drugs away or we took their video games away. Or what. And, that's, and then so like the, the lesson to and me is right. like, I hope that the post-COVID world, we say, I'm never going back to that. Oh, I don't so want my time to function primarily as a distraction from myself. Mm, ever again that's true man ever again that's true right um and and you know i know you're i've read your your site your mission your personal mission and and hearing you talk and about and i think we're aligned in this way that we live in a world now where there are ways that you can not only get in touch with who you really are but actually make getting it out and sharing it with the world also congruent with, if not even the same as, how you do business. Yeah, I agree. We live in a world, like, how awesome is, I mean, people are like, you know, sad and despondent right now. Understand the time that we live in. 200 years ago, 400 years ago, 1,000 years ago, if you were born as a blacksmith in the local village and you said, yes, but my heart yearns to sing the songs of the canary, Nobody gave a shit. Yeah, You're a blacksmith, right. hit metal with metal, do your job, or we'll stone you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, we live in an amazing world. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. We should, we should be encouraging that in each other and finding it in ourselves and figuring out how to, how to make a life out of it. Yeah, that's right. And, and never has there been a better time for that, you know, for the opportunity to create, to do, to become uh, than right now. You know, and there's, there's all the tools available. There's all the resources available. There's all the, the knowledge available. And now, crazy enough, there's the time available. So, yes. you know, let's build something. Let's create. Let's, you know, change tomorrow. So, 
Yeah, you're right. I mean, so yeah, the, now suddenly the one thing that a lot of people said they, they it was their one thing they blamed it on, that's removed. Now you have the time. So, so let me ask you, I mean, you and I are, it seems like fairly, you know, ideologically aligned. We kind of think the same way about things. And, and I know how I got this weird way. How did you get this weird way? Right? Yeah, like, that's what, a good question. What was your journey? What's the source that got you to this place? Good question. So I guess I, I was lucky coming out of school uh, in the fact that my, my grades weren't great. Uh, and, um, you know, that's a lot to do with, that's completely 100% my own fault. I took the foot off the gas in the last couple of years of high school and just, just flopped. But what I was good at was reading and I, I, I've always been a reader. During school, I was reading novels, like, you know, lots of adventure stories and Wilbur Smith books, whatever. I was, I was, a, I was a reader. I liked reading. Uh, didn't do so well in maths and science. But lucky for me, really lucky for me, my first job out of school, uh, as so many people who don't have those grades to go into college, my first job out of school was in the hospitality industry. And man, I loved it. It was so friendly to me. And one of the, the, the things and the, the beginning of this How Did I Get This Way story was I was working with this guy named Colin and uh, Colin put a book in my hand. You know, and he said, um, hey, man, you should really you should read this. I think it'll make some make some big changes, make some big impact for you. And that book was Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. And uh, since then, like I, I have constantly been reading. And in fact, when I look back over the ebbs and flows of life, uh, any time that I've been at the bottom, um, I, I've been unplugged. I haven't been reading. So that was really lucky from Colin and and. Um, uh, Colin was involved in a network marketing company and was trying to get me involved in the same network marketing company, uh, which I did for a little while, but I, I didn't take anything away from that except for the ability to self-educate and to, to read and to learn as much as I possibly could. So um, that was kind of the beginning for me. And I, I always had that, that passion. I lost it for a little while in my early twenties. Uh, and then I got back into a sales job in my mid twenties. And again, this personal development popped up. My, my sales mentor, the guy that owned the company, mega successful multimillionaire, self-made, um, put a whole bunch of audio training in my hand. And, and uh, that audio training is still to this day my favorite audio, which is um, from Jim Rohn. And uh, just basically talked about taking responsibility for your own life and creating your own tomorrow. And that's just been the path I've stayed on, man. So it's been, it was, it was through self-education and, and awareness that uh, I think the ability to now choose my tomorrow has come through. Well, how old were you when uh, Colin gave you that book? I was, I was 17 turning 18. Okay. Um, and you're, you did not, you were not raised in sort of a progressive entrepreneurial forward thinking <laughs> environment is that uh true? sorry man i love uh I, I i do love my parents um but so far from that uh i i grew up on a farm um and uh i i had always planned to go back to the farm i was going to be a farmer because i you know i'd been grown i'd been raised on the farm and i was going back to the farm and i couldn't were, even understand you were what farmed the, on the farm i was farmed man i was grown and raised um you know and uh i was going back on the farm and and i didn't even know what school was for right? What's the point, you know? Uh, but then in the last uh, semester of school, my last semester, just before graduation, um, my parents sat me down and said, when you finish school, there will be no farm. They'd gone through five years of drought and they had borrowed from the bank all the way along just to keep themselves afloat. 
and uh, they had run out. They, 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 they were done. They, they were at the end of that stretch. And uh, what was shocking for me was that after 35 years of hard work, they literally left with less than a hundred dollars. Um, so that was, that was shocking. And then, you know, in terms of entrepreneurialism, uh, luckily my mom and dad kind of struggled for three, four years uh, getting back on their feet, but luckily they got a, a job working for the government. And um, um, that is as far away from the entrepreneurial spirit as you can possibly be. Um, so no, they, that certainly wasn't the, the encapsulating thing for me, but Again, so many fortunate experiences that lead you to where you are. If it hadn't have been for the fact that I was, wasn't able to go back on the farm, I wouldn't have gone into the hospitality industry and path mm-hmm. journeys, you know, directions. It's ironic though. One of the things I reference the most as an entrepreneur is the law of the farm. Yeah. You know, Stephen Covey's, that's kind of where I was really exposed to that. Just the daily disciplined, consistent process oriented cycle cyclical and seasonal approach i think in the world we live in now um the world could benefit from a little bit of farmer training like things take that's true i hadn't thought of that yeah absolutely you know and so i I have to wonder if at least in that way it didn't help prepare you to some degree because i mean the the (laughs) two things i know of you professionally well, one is that you, you, you build and launch software, mm-hmm. and the other is that you run a podcast. True. Okay. Those are both very delayed gratification endeavors. True. Right? So, I mean, in a way, you're, you're, you're working. Yeah, you field. know, man, it's, it's interesting. I, I've never thought of it like that. Um, I really genuinely had never thought of it in terms of plant, you know, farm, reap, replant rewards, et cetera. I'd, I'd never thought of it in terms of that, but um, wow, how cool. And, and, and I think you're right. Like we, we going back a few sentences, a few paragraphs ago, we talked about um, the opportunity now for people to be able to create something amazing using amazing social channels, become more than they wanted, you know, than the pigeonhole they've been put into. Um, and at the same time, layering over the top of that, that expectation of, um, sowing and reaping like that's a that's a really cool overlay when we talk about my kids are 12 and, and 9 years old and uh, it was not so long ago that they said to me we want to be youtubers we want to be a youtube superstar you know and cool great let me you know and i jumped into interviewing a whole bunch of youtube superstars deliberately so i could give them the, right. this is how you do it this is the roadmap right but in the in the era where we can turn on a camera and uh, and see viral information and understand that that person's got 17 million subscribers. Well, hang on a second. That doesn't just happen. Like you don't get to reap 17 million subscribers unless you've sown unbelievable, incredible content for three years to kind of crack into that market. Yeah. So yeah, that's a really cool piece of advice to you. Well, and, and especially to, to your point about, I want to be a YouTuber or I, I want to you know, express myself and make a business out of my passion or whatever. Um, the internet, I think does a real number on people's psychology and, and yeah. expectations True, that, like they forget things really do take time. And, and I think a lot of people, and you know, I'm in the entrepreneurial education business. I have a very aspirational market of people who follow me and buy my stuff and listen to my stuff. And they're like, well, I'm here because I want this outcome. I want this yeah. change. Yep. And Jeff, I know Jeff had a transformation in his life and he's a 
you know, evangelist for this kind of thing. So maybe he can help me get that change. That's, I, yep. you know, if I was going to sum it up briefly, that would be how I describe my audience, at least a good chunk of it. I just think people forget it just takes so damn long because you're yeah. not changing anything. <laughs> you're becoming something new. True. You're a caterpillar becoming I'm going to bounce this back to you, though. I'm going to bounce this because I don't want your listeners to turn off going, oh, you mean it's all hopeless, Jeff? So let me, let me bounce this back to you, though. The time's going to pass anyway. It is. Right? So like the decision, yes, it takes an incredible amount of time. And even before we clicked on record today, we were saying, you know, your business is going so great at the moment, but let's not forget the years that have gone into the, the launch moment, the accelerator moment, that's now seeing that crest of the wave. Like, let's not forget that time. So before anybody goes, oh, what do you mean it's going to take me three years? Well, hang the heck on. In three years time, you're going to be three years older anyway. So you may as well be in a different place. That's a really good point. Changing doesn't take any more time than staying the same. How about that? I, I want to get that put on a t-shirt because I'm, I'm like, literally, that's, that's I'm, seriously true. I'm writing that down right now. That's going to be a tweet. If you follow me on Twitter, just know you're going to see that um, like news. I'm going to write it down. Newsflash, changing doesn't take any more time than staying the same. <laughs> How about that? How about that? Um, and, and here's the other nice thing about it is to the law of the farm. You know, there's, if there's one thing you know, it's that if you take a seed and you put it in soil and you put water on it and you give it sunlight and you give it time, you're going to have a sprout. Yeah. So in a way, there's a, there, like you said, there's a, you can look at it, the glass half empty, be like, oh man, they said it's going to take a lot of time. But the glass is half full that basically says these processes work literally as a force of nature. Yeah. So if the time's going to pass anyways, and you do these things, you don't have to wonder if it's going to work. Imagine right. doing all the work required to be a farmer and then also having to say, I really hope nature works this time. See, but yeah, exactly. I really hope nature works this. What if it doesn't work? Here's like, and again, coming back to Jim Rohn, we talk about the law of the farm, right? What about the law of the seasons? And this is one of the things that I picked up from Jim Rohn. It always follows the same pattern. Yeah. It always goes summer, autumn, winter, spring. Like it, it never suddenly goes, whoa, hang on a second. Maybe just this time we'll go summer, winter just for something different, throw in another summer, then another winter, then we'll come back to the. It doesn't ever do that. It always goes summer, autumn, winter, spring. So you know that if you plant the seed and you deliver the nutrients and the water, you look after your tenant, you're giving you the sunshine, all of those kind of things are metaphors for the things you need to do in your life and your business. But the rule of nature flows. It never goes summer, winter, summer, winter, just for fun. It always goes if A, then B. And that's a software term, right? If this, then that. And I, I say to my kids all the time, right? Can, uh, let me show you a magic trick. And we'll do this right here, right now, live, Jeff. We're going to do something magical right now on the show. I'm going to tell the future. In fact, even better than that, I'm going to pass my magic ability over this microphone to you and you're going to tell the future. So here's how it goes, right? I show my kids this. I will show you how to tell the future. If you sit right now and all you do is eat McDonald's, Big Macs, fries and soda for the next six years of your life, what is going to happen at the end of that six years, Jeff, throwing it over to you? Sickness or death. <laughs> Boom. 
You don't need to be a magician to figure that out, right? If you do the wrong things now, you will have sickness, possible death, definite troubles in the future. If A, then B. The law of nature states clearly summer, autumn, winter, spring. There isn't another way that that works. So the same formula, if we can tell the future, which we've just proven that we can, if we can tell the future so easily, then let's plant the seeds that are going to give us the crop today. Let's do the things today that are going to be great in a year in three years, in six months, because as you just so eloquently said, the change, which is planting those incredible seeds today, change takes the same amount of time as standing still. The question is, what's the result going to be at the end? You know, so cool lessons. Yeah, I, I love it. So I'm, I'm curious then, and, and again, I read your site and, and you said something I very much agree with, which it, like we've, we've just reiterated, the tools exist now and the opportunities exist now for anyone that wants to essentially free themselves from the traditional, you know, call it the rat race paradigm, th that opportunity exists and the tools exist. You've leveraged them in your way to create your life. I've leveraged them in my way to create my life. I've interviewed dozens of people on this show who've leveraged them to create their lives. And they all have what the average person would probably consider a very desirable life. If A, then B, what do you think right now in the world that we live in is A? What is it that people, if they do, mm. then they'll get that desirable, more, more Great. free existence? Great question. To me, yeah. if A, let's start at the start of the formula. A, what is A? Walt, Jeff, what do I need to do? Exactly. A equals decision. In my mind. In my mind, that the absolute beginning of the entire revolution of personal growth, business growth, family, you know, uh, success, whatever bubble you want to put, put around it, starts with you and I and that person saying, do you know what? Tomorrow is going to be different. Tomorrow, and it can be, we talked about health before we clicked on the recording thing, right? We just gave the example of reading the future if you're eating bad food. But the decision... And John Maxwell says it really well. Making decisions is easy. I want to be an astronaut. Cool. No worries at all. Managing the decision is the tough part. Mm. And I love what John Maxwell says because he talks about the fact that if you're trying to manage a decision, so let's do that. Let's say the decision is I want to start my own business. I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be a millionaire. I want to generate enough wealth. You know, all of that kind of stuff. I want to be fair. Whatever it is. Those are my decisions. Cool. That's the easy part. The hard part comes as, you know, I talked before we clicked on record, which I said, hey, you're looking well, you're looking healthy. And you said, yeah, it's amazing what working out for six years can do. It's like, <laughs> if A, then B, right? So before we say, deciding to be fit and healthy, eat well and exercise for the next six years is a freaking phenomenal task. Like that's a mountain. Like I'm looking at that going, six years? Man, do you know how many chocolate biscuits I've got in my cabinet? Like I, that's, that's just impossible. So what John Maxwell does so well, and I love this, he has a prayer that says just for today. Mm. And let, let's not focus on if A, then B, then C, for the next six years, for the next 12 months, whatever it takes to achieve the growth that we're talking about. Can you do it for one day? And that's it. 
Can we do it for one day? You talked, you used a word that, that is synonymous with success and that was discipline. Can you do it just for today? And what is it? So we said the decision, I want to change my life. I want to create this business. I'm going to start this YouTube channel. I'm going to, you know, create this Amazon product, whatever it is that you've decided that you want to do. There are specific things and you know what they need to do. You know what they are. You know what you need to do right now. So the discipline then is let's not focus on three years, six years, whatever. Can you do it today? Just today. That's it. Today. Just one 24 hour bite. And then tomorrow when you wake up and you look yourself in the mirror and you say, congratulations for yesterday. Guess what? I want to do that to just one more day, just for today, because making the decision is easy. And then it's a daily management of that decision that will absolutely surely follow the path just as surely as winter follows is followed by spring always. So yeah, as you were, as you're describing that, which I love, I have this visual, like, cause I, I'm, I think you might be the same. Like, I'm always playing little tricks on myself to get me to buy in. I'm trying to gamify being really successful, right? Like, oh, I'll just do it for a day. You know, come on. And if I do it for a day, I can reward myself with a good night's sleep or whatever. Um, and then the next day, you already, you know, that the next day you're going to play the same game again and, you know, under the same false pretense that it's only for one day. And so, yeah, I'm totally with you on that. But how would we, how would we approach say starting a business, if it was actually going to be a collaboration between a thousand people and, and the next three years or the next thousand days, you actually only got one day that it was on you. And then tomorrow, someone else is going to pick it up and get it to the end of that day. And then the next day, somebody else is going to pick it up and get it to the end of that day. And at the end of the thousand days, they're going to look back across all the thousand days and say, whoever gave it the best day gets the whole business. How would you approach your one day in that scenario? Do that every day. Yeah. You know what? That's so unbelievably apt. Um, I, I absolutely love it. And it's superhuman to do that on a 365 day mentality. It is superhuman to carry that um, responsibility that ability to respond, that ability to do what's needed. It's, it is superhuman to carry that 365 days of the year. So I, I'm, a, I'm a very big proponent of the fact that burnout happens. You need to take a break. You need to rest your muscles, all that kind of stuff. But on the pretext of it's your day, right? Then there's nothing you won't do. Really, there's nothing you won't do. Mm -hmm. I if you believe in it enough, if you believe in it enough, like, you know, let, let's put it into that mortality kind of uh, sphere. And we say like, okay, so, so we're going to judge the rest of your life on today, today, this day, this one day, today, right now. Whatever you do today is going to be your life. How you live, like how you, if you eat bad food, you're going to die early. This is the, this is the decision day. Like, you know, right. let's not put it into a company. Let's, let's, let's just focus on a life. How you treat your partner is how the whole rest of your life is going to be. How you talk to your kids is going to be the whole rest of your life. Wouldn't you do everything to live the most amazing life that you ever possibly can? Like, and here's the other side of the, the, the coin as well. If you're doing that in a group and every, every business 
needs a group of people. Like it's hard to be successful on your own. You need, you need people. If not a team members, you need customers. And that's part of the same community, right? You cannot create and sell to yourself uh, enough to sustain yourself. It just doesn't work that way. You need a group of people, right? So if the responsibility is on each individual person, my kids asked me this the other day, my eldest was in a, in a, a group project at school and she got, uh, you know, put together in this group with people that were known to be less than academically uh, level with her. Right? right. She came home to me and she was like, Oh my God, dad, I'm with this person and this person. Oh my God, the whole project is just going to be terrible. And I said exactly the same concept that we're talking about here, a whole group of people and each of them has a responsibility. And what if that person isn't going to carry it? What if they stuff? What if they wreck my future? Do you know what? My advice to my 12 year old daughter is the same advice that I'm using in this scenario. You cannot control what they do. Only what you do. And if the whole project goes bust because they haven't carried their weight, then you stand on the sideline and say, I carried mine and then some. You know, let that responsibility, the responsibility of doing what you need to do at the highest possible level that you possibly can, let that be all you do. We can never ask you to do more than you can do. But when you do all that you can do, then you can stand up and say, I did my piece. I carried what I needed to carry. And then so you just do what you have to do, right? Yeah, I, I love, first of all, you sound like a, you sound like a good dad. I appreciate the, <laughs> the world needs good dads. <laughs> and it needs I'm good sure models it. and it needs good, uh, I, I love, the guy I was talking to earlier, Kent, he, I asked him why, you know, what, what drives him every day. Cause he's not, he's not like afraid. He's not going to go broke. He's not financial money's not it. He's like, I got to show my kids. Yeah. Right. Like I'll never have enough money to feel like I can neglect modeling hustle for my kids. Yeah. So anyway, I appreciate that, but I'm thinking I also have something kind of resonating in my ear that you said, you said that sounds superhuman. Yeah to approach every day that way. And my immediate response in my own mind was like, well, Walt, I think you're a superhuman. So that's no. just, that shouldn't <laughs> so, be a well, let's, let's be clear on that because like, okay. uh, you know, and again, we talked, we talked before about the fact that social media has, has such an impact. And especially for people who are getting started, Jeff, especially people who are, you know, at the beginning part of that journey and they look at these, all these amazing Instagram posts, Facebook posts, TikToks, YouTubes, whatever it is, they look at all of this and they see crazy stuff, you know, like they see the, the, the kid in the private jet with the briefcase of money chipping over himself. And, and they see the guy who posts, Hey, heck of a day, $168,000 in revenue. Like they see this stuff and they go, man, I'm I'm just, I'm not going to cut it, dude. Like, I'm just, and that negative impact is, is, let me put it this way, is a hundred percent fake, right? It's a, it's so fake. It's, you know, when I say it's a hundred percent fake, let's be realistic. Maybe it's 99% fake, but you know, that, that guy with the incredible shot of, you know, arm around the, the beautiful partner and, and the sunset behind him and, and they take the shot and, and it gets posted on Facebook and love my life and everything's so great. Not everybody knows that just before that was this massive blow up, 
right, between the two. And there was this huge thing. And that was the kind of uh, the, the photo that was like, come on, you know, we're, we're in this together and you know, whatever. Right. And like, and there was the massive fight after like, whatever you see on social media is not real in that person's life. And even more than that, it's not real in your life. It really doesn't matter to me and my family how much money you make, Jeff. How yeah, much money you make. It's not a zero-sum game. It's right, exactly. So well, you said it, it seems like I'm superhuman. Let me tell you, like 100% real and opening the door, I've been through massive burnout to the point where I could not answer my phone or email. I just didn't have the strength, okay? I've been through massive depression where the best thing that ever happened to me was that we were so low on money that my wife canceled my life insurance policy, right? The mm. fact that she canceled it because we were out of money was the best thing that ever happened because that took away an exit strategy for me. Yeah, saved your life. It did, it did, I genuinely, saved, genuinely saved my life. So it appears superhuman. So when I say that the, the, um, the expected workload of, of carrying this weight for 365 days seems superhuman, I really hope there are people that can do it and manage it. I haven't been able to manage it myself. I go through sprints and rests. You know, like when you're doing weights, you're working out, you do a hard set of reps until your muscles are tired. And then you have to rest that muscle so that it can recover. And so I've, you know, I've gone through that work hard, carry everything I can, do the best I can, spin as many plates. And then at some point say, okay, cool. Everything's working right now. I'm going to shut down, shut off, go and sit on an island somewhere with the family and the kids and just watch the waves roll in for a week. That's the rest, the recuperation. And I, again, I've, I haven't met anyone that's been able to carry a uh, superhuman pace for 365 uh, over a period of, let's say, more than a two or three year stretch. Um, you know, most of us need to do that in kind of 90 to 120 day bursts and then at least a week off. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's just my personal experience anyway. Well, that's, I mean, I'm here in, you sound like a farmer, man. That's the letting the field lie fallow for a season, you know? <laughs> Let the nutrients replenish the soil. Um, you can't just keep sucking the milkshake because at the end, there's nothing left. You just, you know? Yeah, no, I feel you, man. And, and it, you know, it's interesting. Right now, I'm in the, the very rewarding phase of one of those pretty major sprints. Yep. Um, and it's been a long sprint, but... Longer than most and longer even than most of my previous sprints of just the combination of, of exertion plus stamina. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm going away tomorrow. I'm going away for eight days with my, my, my wife and kids and, and <laughs> 10 other people who are our kids' friends and we just take the whole village. But uh, you got to do that. Um, so anyway, I want to I tie back to your story. So yep. you're, you're 17, you get this book because it, you've come a long way, man. You grew up on a farm. Where, where was the farm, by the way? Uh, in, uh, in Australia, when you look at the continent of Australia over on the left-hand side, there's a whole bunch of desert. And if you put your finger about in the middle of the desert, that's where the farm was. Okay. So you're farming desert. Pretty much. <laughs> Very cool. It sounds, sounds hard. I mean, yeah. there was a drought. Well, you guys staked your farm in a desert. Isn't that... <laughs> you know what? It was, it, it was, uh, it was weird. Like, you know, uh, grandfather's uh, pioneered the farm and, and that whole time, um, he was actually uh, given the land uh, as payment from service in the war. Mm. And, 
you, you know, to say that we're on the edge of the desert, it, it's false. I'm just, I'm being a bit facetious there. We're like on the continent of WA, the right-hand side, about the middle and about uh, 500 miles inland. Okay. So we, we, we had good arable land. Um, the desert wasn't too far. Like you want another, you want another hundred miles, you're, you're out of it. But we had good arable land. But, um, you know, the drought, I, I saw a photo from my neighbor uh, after we had lost the farm and they took a photo looking back over our fence line from their property to ours and looking back and they sent my dad the photo with the caption, um, lucky you got out when you did because looking from their fence back over our property was just a dust bowl. Wow. You know, just completely devastated. Yeah. I, I mean, and I didn't mean to be flipping about <laughs> a farm in a good. desert, but you know, no, 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 it's good. <laughs> I, uh, but I mean, yeah, I'm grateful that it all worked out. But so what, what, what was the journey? So you kind of start yeah. on this personal growth because I mean, now you're a, a software entrepreneur and uh, I mean, that's how we met. You were at an event and we got into a conversation about your software. I didn't know I was going to be interviewing you on my podcast. Yeah, but um, that's a long journey. I mean, you're a long way from the farm. So, so when did you kind of make that shift into either technology or business ownership and, you know, kind of yeah. doing your own thing? So great question. I had I had a, a a good roller coaster in my early days. As I said, hospitality industry was really friendly to me, mm-hmm. uh, and then kind of accidentally fell into sales. Uh, and in a sales role, I was working for a software company. And uh, I I to this day, right now, as I stand here <laughs> talking to you, I am no coder. I cannot code. I do not know. <laughs> like I have incredibly intelligent people that do that stuff for me. Um, but when I was working with this software company. Uh, what I loved was the fact of the way software works. It was like, wow, we can create something once and then a hundred thousand people can buy that same thing. And we don't have to keep warehouses full of stock and we don't have to, you know, let that same software program these days, especially can be downloaded in Germany, Austria, Iran, America, Australia, wherever. Like I can create something here right now in this particular room, put it up onto a, you know, a, a website and anybody in the world can access that. Like, so there was a couple of elements to me that really stuck. That's a real business to be involved in. Um, one of those was the fact that, that you can create something that can be sold again and again and again and again and again and again and again. There was no kind of bottom of the well. Um, and so my first ever software program happened in that environment. I was, you know, I've been working there. I, I still had, I had got back onto that train of personal development and I was really focused on being the best me that I could be. I was reading everything I could read. I was, you know, deeply into the personal development, treating my sales profession uh, properly. In other words, not just doing it, not just turning up at the job, but really trying to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, I was trying to do that. And uh, I was friends with the guys that were in the programming room. And um, one of the things that I was fanatical about, Jeff, was strange thing to be fanatical about. But one of the things I was fanatical about was managing my cash flow right? Because I got into a lot of trouble early in my life and a good friend taught me how to manage my cash flow to the point that I, I knew to the dollar how much would be in any one of my bank accounts in 168 days time. Like I knew, I could tell you exactly how much was going to be there because I knew to the dollar every day in out what was going on. So I went to this friend of mine and I said, you know what, this management of my cash flow has got me out of a lot of financial trouble. I think 
I can put the idea down. Can you build a program that kind of does what I do on 10 different spreadsheets altogether? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, I could do that. He said, what about we do it together? I'll build it. You sell it. And I went, sweet, fantastic. So he lived up to his end of the bargain and created this amazing program, which is still available today, which incredibly enough. Um, so that was 12, no, 14 years ago. And uh, unfortunately, I didn't live up to the end of my bargain. <laughs> I had no idea how I was going to sell this thing, right? I wanted to put it up on the internet because why not? And um, that sort of took me down the rabbit hole of, okay, well, how do you do that? And I bought, um, I spent $1,800 that I didn't have. And I bought uh, Mike Phil Same's butterfly marketing program. Yeah. And over a Christmas holiday break kind of worked out how to click that button and this button and fill this in and do that. And, oh my God. Now I've got a website and oh wow, that's a payment button. And I remember going to sleep one night and I said to my wife after working nights on this thing, trying to put this, trying to cobble this together. How does it all work? If somebody can pay you money and you send them the software, like, all right, I got it working. Oh, cool. And I did this, the worst graphics ever that I'd ever, like Microsoft Paint, you know, right. and just like some sort of background and whatever. And I put it up and I went to sleep and I remember saying to my wife, we're going to wake up with money in our account. Why? Because I'd created something and I had a website and I thought that that's all you needed, right? Right, right. So we, we woke up and, and um, guess how much was in the account, Jeff? I'm, I'm guessing you didn't, uh, you didn't make a sale. How could you ever possibly think that one website in the, in the ocean of billions of websites would ever be found and someone would pay you money? But I thought that. And uh, so you're right. We, we woke up with zero. Uh, and I spent a lot of days, weeks, months probably going, why? Why aren't people buying this? And then I went, ah, oh, maybe I need to advertise. So I started advertising and we were spending a lot of money on advertising and still not making any sales because now knowing what I know, I was advertising to the wrong crowd. Um, and that's a really expensive and dangerous thing to do. But again, at some point I went, wow, I'm spending a lot of money on advertising. I wish that people were spending a lot of money with me buying the advertising. And then I went, hang on a second. All of these places that I'm advertising seem to have the same kind of formula. I wonder if that formula is something I can buy. And then other people can pay me for advertising. And I did that. I, I researched Google, you know, this particular uh, layout system of a advertising website. And guess what? I could buy it for 25 bucks. Damn, that's amazing. Bought this advertising thing for 25 bucks for another 15 bucks. I got the guy to set it up for me. So now like within 24 hours, instead of me spending money on advertising, I had my own advertising website and that's when our whole life turned uh. around. So now we started becoming a vendor of advertising and uh, that was incredible. We had our first, hundred dollar day. You know, we had our first $500 day. We had our first thousand dollar day. We had our first $10,000 day. We had our first $20,000 day. And that was absolutely unbelievable. So at some point I said to the guy that had built my cash flow software, Ian, I'm really sorry, man. I haven't been able to sell this thing, but I want to like pay you for what you've done. So here's like five grand and uh, I'm sorry I couldn't do it. And he was like, yeah, sweet. No worries. You know, at least he got some money and whatever. we never made a million. Uh, so then I owned that software outright, which as I said, we still own. Um, and we started selling advertising. We did incredibly well. Um, we, we started actually doing so well that local businesses were coming to me outside of my normal working hours. I'm still working a job. Mm -hmm. They were coming to me and saying, Hey, I've heard you've got some way of getting advertising. Can you help my business? So I actually started again, part-time weekends at nights, um, 
meeting up with local businesses and helping their business get ranked and get traction and Google and all that kind of stuff. Um, and then a whole bunch of roller coaster rides. Like we just started creating tools to help those guys and their websites. And it was the tools that were selling more than the services. And, you know, 12 years later, I'm at a point where we, we own a software company, you know, and we've got a, an incredible business. And one of the biggest lessons for me, Jeff, um, happened about four or five years ago when we stopped selling software and we started selling a subscription to use that software. We stopped selling, we stopped creating something and looking for buyers mm -hmm. and we created something that people would then subscribe to month after month after month after month and create that kind of residual income. Um, and here we are. Man, that's awesome. And it's and, a 12 year journey. <laughs> yeah. And, and what's uh, interestingly, my online journey started about 12 years ago too. So I, I, I can appreciate it in that regard. And, and I think it kind of goes back to what you said earlier when I said like, if A, then B, what's A? A isn't start a software company. A company. isn't launch an advertising site. A isn't help local businesses with their marketing. A is the decision. Correct. And you didn't know then what it was going to look like now or how you were going to get there. And, and I think that a lot of times people go on the internet and this is, this is the, the vulnerability and the susceptibility to wasting a lot of time, wasting money, getting scammed, getting uh, emotionally drained and disappointed to the point where you give up and yep. you kill the possibility of your own future. Like all this horrible stuff happens because people think that A, you know, if A, they think A is like, is a, is a software or a, yeah, it's a, a thing. A company. I need, I need that. Yeah. yeah. And it's not, it's a no. decision. It's a non-negotiable. People talk about burning your boats. I, I'm not saying quit your job. I'm not saying push your family to the brink of bankruptcy or foreclosure. I'm not saying yeah. it because that, that would be a thing too. Yeah, that's right. It's not a thing, it, but it is a decision and it is a burning of mental boats. And it is a non-negotiable, absolute, there's no going back. No. I'm going to make this work no matter what. Yeah. And it really, there's no shortcut for that. There's no substitute for that. And, you know, I've been in online education on and off. I mean, I, I was off for, I, for six years. I ran an agency. If I'd known you then, I probably would have used your software. Um, but I've been in and out of online education and I've had literally over 100,000 opportunities to see people get involved in wanting to develop online skills and change their life. I have a huge base of experience and, and actual data around who succeeds, who doesn't, who succeeds at various levels, who's a small success story, who's a huge success story. And the only universal variable that I can ascribe outcomes to is the seriousness and the size of the decision. Absolutely. The, Absolutely. the multi-million dollar success stories you see online they could come from agency. They could come from creating a course. They could come from affiliate marketing. They could come from a lead gen business. They could come from building mobile apps. They could, but what they'll always come from is a massive decision. Correct. Absolutely. Like, you know, we, we started the podcast saying, let's not timestamp it. But just recently in the news was a gentleman in the UK who raised, I think, 55 million pounds. Hmm. And all he did was he's a hundred years old. And he, he said, I'm going to do a hundred. He's on a walking frame, man. Like he's struggling to take a step, but he made it public that his decision was he was going to raise money for this cause. 
And to do that, he was going to do a hundred laps around his home. That at age 100 with a walking frame was a huge decision. And as people were turning up with cameras to watch him finish his 50th and 60th and 70th lap, you know, the money was just pouring in. <laughs> wow. To the tune where, like, as we're recording this, just last week, he was knighted by the queen. He is now Sir, right? Wow. Because he had made a decision at age 100 that he was going to take one step after another a hundred times and raise money for this good cause. And he lived that decision and the money poured in. Like, it's not a thing. It's not, you don't need to, you don't need to, to build that, be that person, have this expertise, come from this angle. You don't. You need to decide that you'll get there no matter what. And then you'll find the way. Like, you know, along the way, sure, you may need tools. You may need education. You may need teams and people and skills. None of that is innate when you're born. None of that comes to you on the day you decide to have a different tomorrow than you've had today. None of that is with you then. And it's that decision that says, I'm going to get there no matter what. That's when you look for a teacher, you look for something, you find a specific reason to go down a specific path because you're taking that one step after the other. And as I said, you will need along the way tools and resources and people and all kinds of things will come, but it's not attaining them that makes you successful. That is just literally one of the steps you need to take in a hundred, you know, and the destination keeping on the path we all know is what makes you succeed or fail. Man, you said a mouthful. <laughs> I actually, sorry. Dude. Part, part, no, no. I mean, and partly because of time, but honestly, because it's just right. I think we should end on that note. I love it. Take I think one we should step after the other. Yeah, leave, leave that hanging in the air um, about the decision. And so, let me ask you: How can people? Uh, where would you direct people that want to get more of you, learn more about you, maybe check out your software, or maybe just hear more of what you have to say? Where do you want people to go? Thanks, man. I appreciate that. So uh, our, my, my pivotal site personally is waltbayless.com and uh, all my social links are there. So you can catch up with me on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. We put out a lot of YouTube content as well. And then from a business point of view, the, the uh, angle that we have with our company at the moment is called Agency Bud. So that's agencybud.com. Um, and that's where you can find out what we're doing and how we're helping entrepreneurs grow their own future with our software as a, as a helping tool with that. Um, so waltbayless.com come and check me out and hear more of what I've got to say. You, you can hear that I am a evangelical kind of person when it comes to making your own choices. Uh, and on a software level, let us help you grow your business with agencybud.com. Awesome. And we'll get those links and pepper them wherever this uh, appears, both on podcast and the show. Uh, we've also got uh, a free ebook we put together, The Millionaire Shortcut, The Fastest Way to Become a Millionaire in the New Economy. And um, it's available at millionairesecrets.com forward slash Walt B. Make sure to visit that and use the forward slash Walt B so that we know that you came here from this episode. And I just appreciate everyone's time who's listening or watching. And most of all, Walt, I appreciate your time. This has been fantastic. I loved it, man. Thank you so much. Really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. All right. We'll uh, see everyone on the next one. Take care. You just finished this episode of the Millionaire Secrets Podcast. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please like and share this episode and do leave us a review. Let us know how we impacted you today. 
Your next step toward creating your awesome life is to join me and thousands of others in the Entre Nation community where you'll receive free training, networking with other awesome life seekers, access to live events, discounts, merchandise, and other awesome perks. Head over to www.entrenation.com. That is www.entrenation.com and join us today. And of course, do please follow me on social media. I can be found on all the major social networks at Jeff Lerner Official. Thank you again for listening and please go be awesome.